This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're here with us. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how do we become bold and what does boldness look like and how does that really apply to our lives. And today, we're talking about this whole idea of bold obedience. Now, I want you all to say bold obedience on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, that was like bold from like a person back here, but for the rest of you guys, you're like bold obedience. Okay, like I don't, I'm not looking for like the girly man or the girly woman kind of bold. I'm looking for like tough guy, like man, some bold obedience. Like I want some gangster or some, some, some uh, black preacher uh, up and in your bold obedience. So we're going to try this one more time on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, oh man, somebody got deep there. I hope that was not a girl. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> bold obedience, that's what we're diving into today. And I, I can remember one of the first times I, I really had an experience having some bold obedience. I was in a church service. Uh, it was right after I gave my life to Christ, and I didn't really know much about God or anything. And I was sitting in this service, and, uh, and I had this prompting in my heart that there was a lady that was sitting a, a, a few seats down from me in the same row that I was in. And I kept looking over at her, and I kept feeling like God was telling me, hey, give her the money that you have. And, and I was like, well, I, you know, give her the money that I have. And so I looked at my wallet, and, you know, I'm like 18 years old. I didn't have a lot of money at the time, and I had a $20 bill. And uh, when you're 18, $20 is like a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like everything in this. For some of you guys, $20 today might be like a million dollars. I don't know. But when I was 18, like that $20 bill, like that was like a lifeline. That was like food for the entire week, a full tank of gas. I mean, that was, that's back in the day when gas was like still like under a dollar. You remember that? Uh, and, and so I remember seeing that, and I was like, I was like, get behind me, Satan. There's no way God would tell me, you know, to, to give somebody my only money. And, uh, and so I just kept feeling this thing inside of me, like, give her this money. And I was like, God, I don't want to give her this money. And I don't think this is really you. And, but before the end of the service was over, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to trust God. And so uh, I, I, after the service, I walked over to her and I said, listen, I don't really know uh, you and or your situation or whatever, but I really feel like God is telling me to give you this. And I handed her like this $20 bill, you know, knowing to me that it was a big deal, but probably to an adult, it wasn't that big of a deal. And this lady just started crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Did I like offend her? Did I, did I hurt her feelings? And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, no, you don't understand. You, this, this $20, I, I got three kids at home. And, 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 I, and I don't have any money. And I came here today believing God that he would provide everything that I needed. And, and so I spent all my money to get here. And, and I was wondering how I'm going to feed my kids for the rest of this week and how I was going to have gas money to get home. And, and this right here is an answer to my prayer. And I walked away and I was like, man, I'm, I'm pretty legit right now. I heard God. You know, I, I took a bold step. And, but now I was broke. And, and I was like, man, what am I going to do? And, and, you know, and when, you know, I went home that day and, and my parents said, hey, you know what? Man, we're going to fill up your gas tank this week. And you know what? Here's some money, just like out of the blue. And it was one of those instances where God says, man, when you start to trust me, when you step out in faith and do things, man, I will take care of your life and I will bless you. Uh, fast forward uh, uh, just a couple of years ago, I, I was in a service, same kind of scenario was happening. And, uh, and I was in this service and there was a person down the, 
the thing, and I was thinking, man, you know, God started putting it on my heart again, like, give, give them all of your money. And I looked at my wallet, and this time it wasn't $20, it was like a couple hundred dollars. And uh, I, I've kind of got a thing, and Shayla and I, we were talk, actually talking about this last night, I always keep at least $100 in my wallet because I never know when there's going to be that moment where God is calling me to something or I, I, I want to buy a pair of shoes, uh, so, which God could be calling me to. I don't, I don't know. It's one of those two. And so, uh, and so I, I looked in there, and I had like about $250, and I was like, man, that's $250, God. And, uh, you know, and God's like, man, you need to do that, and I didn't. And, uh, you know, it, it, and I think about all the time, like, what was the blessing that was about to go in that guy's life that I missed out on? What was the difference? What was the need that I was supposed to make there that God called me to be obedient and that I didn't? And what it really came down to is the, the fact that, man, I, I, I have $20 faith a lot of times. Uh, but at the same point, a lot of times I don't have $250 faith. And I'm not obedient in that. And, and, and I, 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 I wonder, like, how did I miss out on meeting that guy's need that God was trying to meet? And what did I miss out on in a blessing in my life because I wasn't willing to step out and be obedient? And what I believe here today that God is going to do is God is going to speak to a lot of us and God is going to speak to others of us in different ways. And the Holy Spirit is going to come in. He's going to give us some promptings through his spirit. He's going to give us some promptings through his word of some things in our lives that we are supposed to be boldly obedient in when God prompts us to do something. He's going to challenge us to do something very new. He's going to challenge us to do something very different and outside of the, the context of where we've currently lived. And he's going to challenge us to step beyond what we can see and what we can imagine and just trust him fully with everything that we have. Have. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been studying uh, the book of Acts and the first church and these guys named Peter and John who are boldly obeying God. And, and, and I just want to give you some context to kind of catch you up to what is happening. We talked about the fact that the, the first church was started, Pentecost happened, man, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, and, and all of a sudden they became very bold for Jesus. And they went out, and Peter preached his first sermon, and 3,000 people came to Christ that day and they were baptizing them and man unbelievable things were happening in the local church and and so you know there's this uproar that man this guy Jesus that was crucified he rose again and now people are doing miraculous things in his name and one day Peter and John are on the way to the temple to go do prayer and do those types of things because that was a normal ritual that they had and as they got to this gate beautiful there was a lame man, and, and he was begging for alms. He was begging for money. And they looked at him and said, listen, we don't have any silver or gold, but what we do have is we have Jesus. And in Jesus' name, they reached down their hand, they grabbed his hand, and they said, in Jesus' name, get up and walk. And this guy that was laying for 40 years, all of a sudden, his legs are strengthened. The, the atrophied muscles all of a sudden are, are in full strength. And this guy is standing up, and we, we found out last week, and I heard some people posted this on on Facebook that, that he was doing the Beyonce in church and he did some hopscotch. And so whoever you are that put, put that on Facebook, I don't know why you're blaspheming me on Facebook because I'm making stuff up. I don't know what I'm talking about, okay, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm just guessing what was happening. And, uh, and so, you know, this God that is miraculously healed and everybody is looking at him and going crazy because they know this as the God that's begging all the time. And so the religious people of the day, they get really upset because all of a sudden this is cramping on their style. These people are causing this uproar. And so what they do is they go and arrest Peter and John and they say, listen, you cannot do this. You are not allowed to do this. We don't want you teaching in this guy's name called Jesus. In fact, man, because if they did the Sanhedrin, what would happen is it would, uh, it would, nullify everything that they were teaching because they didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe that the Savior had come. And so these guys, by doing this, man, they're causing an uproar. And so 
what happens is they imprison them, they threaten them, and then they release them out. And, and, the, and they're trying to figure out, man, what are we going to do with these guys? What are we going to do? Because if we can't quench this, if we can't handle this, what's going to happen is the Romans that are around us, they're going to come in. They're going to say, listen, little boys, we're going to have to step in and handle this situation because you're not man enough to do it. And so that's kind of where we pick up the story because, man, they were just under all of this pressure to, to subdue this movement called Christianity. And so we pick up in Acts chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Then the high priest and all of his associates and the members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. It says they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. And during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. Now here's what we're going to do. And uh, over the next couple minutes, we're going to watch these apostles. We're going to watch their faith. And we're going to see how they were boldly obedient to what they believed God had told them to do. And we're going to see some principles that you and I should experience when we have some bold faith and when we have some boldness in our life, when we're boldly obedient to Christ. And the first thing is this, is man, bold obedience usually triggers opposition in our lives. Bold obedience usually triggers opposition. In verse 18, it says, they, meaning the religious leaders, arrested the apostles and put them in a pu public trail. Now, if you're tracking with me in, in this story, now, this is the second time they've been put in jail. Uh, you know, that, that's like, you know, three strikes are out. That's kind of America's thing. You know, this was their second strike. They're put in jail for a second time here. And, and, the, and, and, and you know, and you look at this and you say, well, aren't they doing God's work? And, and you look at this thing and you're saying, well, they're doing good God's work. Why in the world would they keep getting jailed? I mean, that just isn't fair. You know, that isn't fair. You know, they're being obedient to what God says, and it's not fair that they keep getting arrested. You know what I found as a, as a Christ follower and, you know, is a lot of times that things aren't necessarily fair. You know, it, it's like this. You know, it, say, for instance, I was on my way to church this morning, and, uh, you know, I was running a little bit late. And, and so in order to help the Holy Spirit and me get here, I decided to uh, maybe exceed the, the speed limit. And what do you know, you know, my friendly Friends uh, at the Coconut Creek Police Department decided that, uh, you know, they wanted to help me slow down and be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so they pulled me over, you know. And so what do I do? I say, God, man, I'm a servant of you. You know, I'm doing this for you, God. I, you know, what am I doing? I'm praying so that I don't get a ticket, right? Because, because it's just not fair. I'm doing God's work, you know. There's, I'm trying to get there on God's time. And, and you know, that didn't really happen. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm just hypothetically, you know, that's what we do. And we say, well, that's not you know, if I was to go and get a ticket. And so often we think, man, I'm obeying God. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i doing everything right in my life. There's, there's no reason that, that all of my bills shouldn't be paid or I'm obeying God. And, you know, I went to church like twice this month and, or maybe I just went once. But because of that, you know what, they're, they're, you know, my spouse should love God immensely and they should love me even more. You know, or because I read my Bible today, I should get an A on my Algebra 2 test, high schoolers. You know, uh, because of that, you know, those things should happen in my life. That should be fair. Or, or bless God for all of you men, you know, because I, I'm, I'm a devout Christian. My football team should go undefeated this year. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, those draft picks that we just had in the NFL, they're all going to pan out to be superstars. All the Dolphins fans are like, please, in the name of Jesus. You know, they're, they're really living holy, trying to make that happen. And, uh, and so we think that. We tend to think that, man, because, because I'm living this way, everything is going to turn out fair. But the reality is, though, is when you boldly obey God, many times you'll face a lot of opposition. And uh, 
And, and here's kind of the, the tweetable moment of the, of, of the church service. If you want to tweet something, you want to shout it out on Facebook, here it is, man. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience, you're not ready to be used by God. Mm, that's right, it is good. Some of y'all need to listen to that again. Listen, if you're not ready to face opposition for your bold obedience for God, you are not ready to, use, to be used by God because when you're not ready to face opposition, you're not ready to step out and do bold things for his name. In all of my life, every bold decision that I've made for God, that I've stepped out and said, man, God, I want to do something significant for you and your kingdom, man, has been met with some huge, huge, huge opposition. I can remember when I was 18 years old, I, I had a scholarship to play football, and, and I decided, you know what, uh, after I'd screwed some things up, that I'm going to take a year off, and I'm going to go do an internship with a Christian organization, and I'm going to step away from, from the future that I had of wanting to be an investment banker, and I'm going to go dedicate a year of my life to God. I thought, man, for sure people are going to be excited about that, man. For sure people are going to be like, man, that's a great decision, TJ. You know what all my family did? They were like, are you freaking crazy, boy? What are you doing? Why are you, you going to throw away your future on going and working, actually paying somebody else to go work for them? That makes no sense whatsoever. And then I can remember uh, coming back home and, and deciding that, you know what, Shayla and I, were, we were going to go to Bible college. And people looked at us and said, why are you going to go to Bible college? What are you going to be able to do with a Bible college degree? What is that going to get you in life? How are you going to succeed in life? And we said, you know what, we believe that God's called us to this. And we thought people would be all for us. But instead, you know what we faced? We faced opposition all of the way. Then when we moved back, we moved back for a church job, and I, and I thought to myself, I thought, man, my parents are going to be so proud, man. I'm, I, I went through school, and, and right away I got a job as an executive pastor. Man, I'm going to be making a difference in people's lives. People are going to see this and be excited. And all of my friends and all of my family, they're like, are you crazy? Why are you going to go work in the nonprofit world? Once you go in the nonprofit world, you'll never get a regular job again. You'll never have a chance. You'll never get anywhere in life. You'll be stuck there for the rest of your life. You know what I faced? Opposition. When we heard God tell us to step away from that church and, and go help another church start up and do those things, people were like, why in the world? I thought for sure people were going to be like, man, that is awesome faith, man. Way to hear God and trust him. You know what everybody said? They said, why are you walking away from the security of that job? Why are you waking, walking away from, from a housing allowance? Why are you wake, walking away from, from a pension plan? Why are you walking away from all that stuff to go do something that you don't even know that will work? Opposition. And then a couple of years ago when, when we were on staff at this huge mega church and, and we hear God speak to us and we think, oh my goodness, we're going to go and we're going to go start a church. And, and man, we're going to show up in Fort Lauderdale and people are going to celebrate. They're going to be like, yes, we have a church finally that is, is exactly what we need. And other churches are going to celebrate us and they're going to love us. And you know what happened? We got here and they said, why do we need another church? Why do we need another one? I mean, you're just a 30-year-old. You're stupid. You don't have a clue what you're doing. You just need to, you need to come here and work somewhere else. You don't need to come start a church. Every time that we did something significant for God, that we stepped out in boldness for God, there was resistance and there was opposition. Every significant thing in our lives this is what I found out, man. If you're not facing opposition in life, you're probably not doing anything significant for God. And if you think you're doing something significant for God and you're facing no opposition, you're not. Straight up. I, I didn't figure there would be a lot of amens right there. Didn't figure that a lot of people would be like, 
let me go do something great for God now. You know, that's, that's not what it is. But, and I don't know what it be, will be for you, what opposition you're going to face. Maybe, maybe you're out there and you're, you're sick and tired of being in debt and, and you're looking around and, and you're saying, you know what, this, this way of living isn't the same, isn't the way that I want to live. I have more money or more month than I have money and I don't know what to do and I'm tired of living this way and I'm tired of wondering how I'm going to pay for all these things and, 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 you know, everybody else is telling me to go get a new car and do all these different things and you said, you know what, I'm going to decide I'm going to live a different way. I'm not going to drive a brand new anything. I'm going to go buy something that I can pay for with cash. It might be a clunker and junker, but it's going to get me from A to B and you know what, I'm not going to go for the next biggest house. I'm not going to try to keep up with the Joneses. I'm going to downsize because it's going to allow me to live the lifestyle that I want to live later on in life. And so I'm going to put off what I can have today for tomorrow because I want to be able to pay cash for it rather than credit, which is all the jokers around me are doing, and they're up there, their eyeballs in debt and stressed out, and I'm going to live a different way. You know what everybody's going to say? You're going to say, why are you doing that? Why don't you go get a new car? Why don't you go buy a bigger house? Why don't you do all these things? You're going to face opposition in those things if you do that. You, maybe there's some of you guys, you're going to obey God, and you're going to find some resistance that's out there. And maybe, maybe something... God's going to do is he's going to cause you to, to do something weird and raise your kids differently. Maybe, maybe you're going to decide, you know what, my kids, you know, all the sports leagues today play, play sports, not just on Saturday anymore, but they play on Sunday. And you say, you know what, I'm going to raise my kids differently. And so I believe that on Sundays that's a holy day, and I'm going to give that day to God, and I'm going to worship God together with my children. And we're not going to have our kids play sports that day. And you know what's going to happen? People are going to be like, but you don't understand. If little Johnny is going to end up in professional flag football league at the age of three, he's going to start doing all these things right now and if you don't do those things you know what you're going to face you're going to face some opposition you're going to face some opposition out there maybe you have the gift of dating jerks all that you find in life is you date another jerk and after that you get another jerk and another jerk after that and you think to yourself man this just isn't working out I mean I have this attraction to jerks and and I want to live it differently and so you say you know what I'm going to take a break from dating for the next six months or I'm going to take a break from dating for the next year and I'm going to focus on my relationship with God and what's going to happen is your friends are going to call you up and be like what are you doing this Friday night you're going to be like I'm hanging out reading my Bible and they're going to be like we're going to the club you want to come and you're going to face some opposition you're going to face some opposition in your life. Because when you obey God, you will always see opposition. Don't worry when you do. Worry when you don't. Man, for you and I, when we boldly obey, it's usually going to trigger some pretty big opposition in our life. Number two, when you boldly obey, you will often release God's miracles in your life. When you obey, man, you can expect God to show up and work supernaturally. In verse 19, I love this because this is Luke. He's a physician. He's, he's kind of just talking here. And, and I love how he sets this up because uh, he just kind of makes a statement. There's no emotion to it. There's no, like, big drama with it. it there's no setup. It's just a straight-up statement. statement. He says this, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Just a statement, that's just it. Now, now, if it was me and I was writing this, I'd be like, oh my gosh, man, did you know what happened? We're stuck up and in the jail, and there's this dude, this angel shows up. He's like 24 foot tall. He's got flowing wings and stuff. His eyes are like lightning bolts coming out, and like, pow, you know, the gates are there. He just busts right through it. He just walks up, what's up, bro? You know, and, and he, just, he just breaks the shackles off, and I'm like, yo, let's get an Instagram with, you know, I'd be like, I'd be like, you better believe this. You're not going to believe what happens. But that isn't how he acts at all. It's not. He just makes this statement like it's no 
big deal. He's like, hey, God sent an angel and the doors just opened up. It happens every day. You know, you want to know why he just made a statement right there? Because he came to this expectation that when they boldly obeyed God, they weren't surprised by the miracles of God happening in their life. They weren't surprised at all. When you walk in obedience to God, man, you're not surprised when God shows up and does something absolutely supernatural in your life. I'm not saying that nothing ever goes bad. I mean, listen, they're having a bad day. They're in jail for the second time. That's not a good day. But in the midst of that, God shows up with this provision of an angel. And listen, when you walk in obedience, you shouldn't be surprised when God shows up in your life. When you walk in obedience to him, you should never be surprised. I mean, for example, how many of you guys have been praying? You know, last uh, two weeks ago we talked about bold prayers. How many of you guys have been praying some bold prayers? Been praying and believing for some big things. Okay, like five of you, awesome. You guys are probably having some cool stuff in your life. The rest of you all get with the program, you know. But uh, <laughs> I can remember one of the, the boldest prayers that I ever prayed in was right when we were moving here. I remember there was a church that was meeting in this school. And, and, and I remember Shayla and I driving around this community knowing that we were coming here to plant a church. And we said, God, if you've called us to this place, you're going to let us meet in that school. God, and we just trust you and we believe. Now, we didn't have any way to get the church that was in here out of here. Uh, you know, like we didn't have any like secret plan to blackmail them or manipulate them. Um, you know, like we didn't have that going for us or, you know, we couldn't pay them off because we were broke, you know, uh, just all those things. And I remember, I remember saying, God, man, we, we, we're going to believe that. And we moved here. And we're coming up to like a month before we're supposed to start services, and, and we still don't have this school. And I remember God, you know, us getting a little freaked out because we're like, man, how is this going to work out? What is this going to look like? And all these things. And I remember saying, man, God, you're going to make this happen. And it wasn't like but like a week later that they called us up and said, hey, the school is yours. Have it. Have it. They ended up merging with another church. It ended up being a beautiful picture of, of helping us do this, that us asking God and God showing up listen when you walk in obedience and you walk in faith listen we we never had a plan b we had an expectation on god and we trusted that god was going to show up no matter what we didn't have any other options our only option was god this is what you said we're going with it and we're going to stay right there and we're obedient to that now i i asked this this past week or so i asked some people on facebook I just put out this question, you know, uh, what has God done to bless your life when you've been obedient? And, and I got this, state, this, this little thing on Facebook from, uh, from a single mom in our church, and, and, and she said this. And I know a lot of her backstory, so, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of fill in a little bit of her backstory. You know, she's a single mom, had a really great job for a long time, and, uh, you know, was, was in this period of life. And she says this, God told me to start my own business in January. Though I already had some thoughts and some plans to start my own business, I was still in the planning part of it and felt nowhere near ready to actually begin. I didn't have money. I didn't have resources. I didn't have equipment. Does that sound like anybody else's life? Like, I don't have any of this stuff. Like, I am stuck. And she goes, uh, but I said, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm going to be obedient to you. And God moved in miraculous ways. She says, I have more business that I can handle on my own now. The equipment that I needed was given to me. The software that I needed was given to me. In fact, of the approximately $5,000 plus that I thought I needed to start bare minimum, I only spent $300. She says, and uh, everything else was provided for. 
And I keep laying out my hopes and my dreams to God, and he surpasses them every single time. She says, people ask me why I cry when I talk about what God has done for me. Well, this is just the most recent area that God has moved in my life. So, yep, I'm a crybaby for Jesus. I'm so humbled and moved by who he is and what he has done for me. God's reward for my obedience was beyond anything that I could have ever imagined. I mean, that's an awesome, awesome thing there. Because you know what? Obedience to what God says often releases his miracles in his life. What does our obedience do, man? It, it, it usually triggers some opposition. It, it often releases God's miracles in our lives. And the third thing is bold obedience always requires faith. Every time God prompts you and I to do something, it's going to take a step of faith to obey him. It's always like, God, did you really say that? I mean, I know that that's what it's like for me. I'm always like, God, what? what? Did I hear that right? Did you just ask me to do? I don't know. That, that couldn't have been God. But every time, man, it's going to take faith. I love in verse 20, it says this. This is the angel. It's, he says to them, go stand in the temple court and tell the people the full message of this new life. Now, if you weren't paying much attention to this story, you just, you just kind of surpass it, this verse and just go by it. But if you really start looking at this, you've got to understand what the angel is saying there. They've been arrested twice for going into the temple court and telling everybody about this name called Jesus. And what does the angel say? He says, hey, listen, I know that y'all have been arrested twice, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to the same place where they don't like you, where they don't want you, they don't want to hear your message, and I want you to go tell everybody what you're going to do. And even though they've said, don't ever, 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 never, never, never do this again. That's what they said. We will kill you. They said, the angel said, man, go do it anyway. And this is what I know. When God prompts you to do something, it's going to take a huge amount of faith for you and I to step out and do that. Now I know some of you, you're probably like me and and here's the deal. Whenever I step out in faith, I want details. Anybody else out there like that? I want some details. Like, God, give me the 411 about my 47 steps that I need to take. You know what God says? God says, man, I'm going to give you the next step. Because this is what the Bible says. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, I was walking at night with my iPhone the other, the other night. And it's like, kind of like a lamp at night. You can turn on one of those, those flashlight apps. You know how far you can see with that? about three steps ahead. And so when you're walking, you know what God says? God says, man, I'm putting a lamp there. He doesn't say I'm giving you 27 steps ahead. He says, man, I want you to take the next one or two steps. That's what I'm showing you. We all want to see step number 27. We want to see step number 50. And God's saying, like, let's just try the first one. Why don't you say yes to what I just asked you to do? And as you take that next step, you know what happens? As you move a little bit further, you're going to see another step. So that doesn't mean like we can't run to the end and be like, oh, okay, now I get in and start back. You know, no, we got to take the steps <laughs> that are necessary. Listen, and I know this is true, man. When God told us to go plant a church at age 28, if he would have said, this is what it's going to be like and this is how hard it's going to be, there is no way in hell I would be doing this today. Man, I would have ran to like another country. I would have been a missionary in Africa for like easily. I would have been like, this is way easier than doing this. You want to know why he doesn't give us the full picture? Because we can't handle it yet, you know? You can't handle the truth, you know, that whole thing, so. <laughs> Sorry, lots of movie references and different things. You want to start obeying God? 
You want to start obeying what he says? Start obeying his word. Start obeying what he says for you and I to do. You know, start moving and doing that because when you obey him, you'll see God do miraculous things in your life. And you know what? It's going to take a ton of faith. I'll never forget in the first year we started coastal here in South Florida, it was, uh, it was very tough. Uh, we were wondering how we were going to make it all the time. We were, in fact, I can remember this one weekend, I think, we had like 63 people come to church. That's including kids. Uh, we might have double counted people. I mean, we were counting anything. Like, if it, like, there was an animal that was here, like, we would count it. I mean, it was like, we were like, we were just happy that anything breathing showed up, you know. Uh, the rats that live here, everything. I mean, they were all in that count. And, uh, and I remember it was getting near the end of the month, and uh, the offering came in. And I remember hearing God say, you know what, just give all that money away. And I was like, God, if I give all this money away, we're not going to be able to pay the school payment to be able to meet here next month. He said, listen, give it all away. And, and so uh, whatever the offering was, it wasn't that much. It was like $700 or $800, something like that, probably about that. And uh, I, I remember I was scared to death. It was like some really odd number. And so we just wrote a check to a missions organization and gave it away. And then uh, later on that week, um, near the end of the week, I was going to our mailbox. And, and I was, as I was praying that morning, I really felt like God said, you know what, Church by the Glades is doing an awesome work. They're in the middle of a building program. Uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take $500 and send it to them. And I was like, God, I don't have $500. He's like, I want you to take $500 and send it to them. So uh, we went home and we wrote a check to Church by the Glades and said, man, we believe and we love what you're doing. We love the fact that you're reaching thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And we just want to be a part. And we want to we invest in the kingdom of God and how great of a mission you're accomplishing over there. And so, man, thank you for letting us be a part. And, and I sent that off, and I was like, we have no idea how we're going to pay the bills this month. Like, w- literally, we had nothing in our checking account. Um, we had nothing in our savings. We, we had nothing. We were broke all the way around. I mean, there was as broke as broke can get. Uh, and, and I'll never forget, it wasn't but like two days later that we got a check in the mail. Um, that was unbelievable. It was a lady we hadn't probably talked to in, in a year and a half. She said, hey, I was thinking about you, and I remembered I told you guys I was going to support you, and, and I'm just getting to it now, and it was a check that would cover all of our rent. And, uh, you know, we, we, we trusted God in that moment. That, that seemed like, man, this, this huge faith, I mean, we, like, literally, we're going to be like, man, we're going to shut down the church because we, we, can't, we can't pay for anything. And, uh, and God came through in that moment. This is what I discovered. Man, without faith, without trusting him, it's impossible to please him. And some of you guys, you've been trying to please him in so many different ways. You've been trying to please him through works and all these different things. And he's saying, man, I want your faith. And with me, all things are possible. It doesn't matter how impossible your circumstances are. It doesn't matter how impossible your situation is. If you'll trust him and you'll step out on faith, you'll see God do something amazing in the midst of your opposition He'll produce a miracle that's going to require some big, big faith of you. Now, on like a whole different level, there's, there's another testimony of a guy that sent to me. He emailed it to me when I, when I, I asked for this. And he, uh, he was battling his own financial fears. And, and he felt like he was supposed to tithe. And, and, you know, tithe, if you don't know what that is, it's, it's saying, God, I'm going to trust you with 10% of my income. That's what the Bible asks of Christ followers, that we trust him fully and completely. And, uh, and this is what he wrote of his struggles. He says, I have to admit, I've been in, ch- in and out of church my entire life, yet never really understood why we had to tithe. Um, I would just give when it was convenient or whenever I had 
extra, and he put that in quotations, meaning like if he had like $5 tip. And, uh, and he said, when I was married, my wife would occasionally give slash tithe. I don't really know what that was, yet I never asked how much or even cared or when she did it. It wasn't until a little over a year and a half ago that I really got it. I began tithing at Coastal and always giving my 10% every week. In the beginning, it wasn't easy at all. In fact, I would take cash out on payday and put it in an envelope for Sunday because I didn't trust myself enough not to spend it if I left it in my bank account. But within a few months, I began to notice something different about my finances. Not only was there more money than month, but I was funding more deals at my work, which being in sales means more money. Over time, I got past having to take out the cash for Sunday and started tithing online. I was no longer worried about the 10% I was giving to God because God was being just as faithful to me and always providing just enough. Coming from a guy who used to have it all to losing everything and having nothing, just enough was a great position to be in. About a year later, TJ announced to the church that we'd be opening a second campus in East Broward. And a few weeks later, we started the Give Me Faith series. And long story short, TJ asked everyone to go to God and ask them what he wants them to give towards a new campus. Of course, I did that. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I don't have anything to give. I, I tithe my 10% and have just enough to pay my bills. And that's about it. I have just enough. But I kept praying, waiting for God to answer me, and weeks went by and still no answers. It wasn't until late Saturday night before the last week of the series and the Give Me Faith offering the next day that God answered my prayer. Although it was not what I was expecting, he asked me to give $400 a month for the next 12 months towards a new campus. You know, right there, bold obedience always takes faith. He said, my first thought was, God, how? He said, I don't have an extra $400 a month to give, but that next morning I filled out the Give Me Faith donation card, put it in the offering bucket during service, and made my first $400 online gift towards Give Me Faith, not having any idea where I'd come up with $400 for the next, next month's gift. I went about my business as usual. Funny thing was I had a terrible month at work the next month. You know, you're always going to face opposition whenever you start trusting God when you do some bold obedience. He says, business was slow, and all I could think about in the back of my mind was, how am I going to cover this monthly gift towards give me faith that I promised? It was constantly on my mind, and I was trying to control the situation that God had under control the entire time. On a day off, after a long day of getting sick on a roller coaster, I got a call from my boss. He said, we're giving you a raise. I didn't think anything of it. I'd been at my job for almost two years and never received one, so I didn't think much and just said thanks, and not even asking about how much it was for. He said, I think it's an extra $10,000 a year. But I'll let you know for sure tomorrow when you get in. And he says, what? With all these exclamation weird things. He said, are you kidding me? Thank you, Jesus. He said, when I got in the next morning, I found out that my raise wasn't $10,000. It was 11000 a year. More than double what I would committed to give me faith. But God wasn't done. Over the next few months, God kept putting people on my heart and putting people in my path they could use financial assistance. Each and every time I did as God commanded and helped that person with a car repair, helped the person with the grocery money or whatever else there was a need for almost three months, emptying my bank account to help others. Until one day I said, God, I get it. I realize now this is, not, this is all yours, not mine. Today I have been more blessed than I could ever imagine. My job, which a year ago was just enough, has turned into what this year will be a six-figure income. One thing I have not forget is this is all his I continue to tie faithfully. I continue to give towards, give me faith as promised. I continue to help others as God lays it on my heart and puts people in need in my path. If you want to see God do the same thing in your life or your finances, challenge him, step out in faith, and watch God do more than you could ask or imagine. I don't know about you, but that is powerful. That is powerful right there because it takes faith to tithe. Listen, it takes faith to say, because this is a 
let's just be honest. This is crazy in our minds to think about it. Like, God, you want 10% of what I make? Like, I made that. Like, that doesn't make any logical sense. And so it takes a lot of faith to do that. It takes even more faith. It takes, like, ridiculous faith to say, you know what, beyond that 10%, I'm going to give even more than that. And some of you, man, I believe today that, that you're going to be obedient and take some different big steps of faith. For some of you, it might be that God has been leading you and calling you and pushing you and sh- trying to shove you out to be a connect group leader. And you've been thinking, man, I know that I could lead people, but I'm scared to death. And God today is saying, you know what, it's time for you to step up and use the gifts and talents and the things that I've given you to lead some other people. And you're going to boldly step out and there's going to be some opposition. There's going to be some miracles that happen because you stepped out in faith, but you're going to step out and you're going to see God do something supernatural in your life. For others of you, it's going to be that you're supposed to, you know that there's a business inside of you. You've been welling up inside. You know, you've got this great idea, but man, you've been scared to death. You think, man, if I tell anybody about this man it's I don't I don't know if that's going to really happen and and today you need to step out in faith and watch God do something miraculous that for some of you you're a single dude here and you've been watching that girl four seats down worshiping God with all of your her heart and her soul and and it's about time you started a connect group and you invited her to it and then you all eventually get married and you'll name your firstborn TJ after me because I had the faith to help push you out into that You're going to step out and do something bold today. And there might be some opposition. She might reject you at first, but you keep trying, buddy. You keep, don't be a stalker, but you keep trying. (laughs) Listen, when God calls you to obey, it's always going to take faith in your life. I love what the apostles did, verse 21. It says, at daybreak, circle daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. Man, look at what they didn't do. They didn't delay. They didn't hold back. They said, at daybreak, man, they were right there. Listen to this. Write this down. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Impartial obedience is disobedience. Whenever God prompts you, whenever God stirs something up in your heart, man, you're to obey immediately and completely. You're not to hold back. You're not to sit back. You're not to wait on the thing, man. If it seems small, you obey. If it seems big, you obey. You obey right away. This past week, uh, we were at a conference, all the staff, and in one of the days, it was Tuesday morning, uh, I was in our room getting ready in. And I'm like a watch guy. I love watches. Um, if you ever hang out with me, you'll see that I'm like probably wearing a different watch all the time. Um, shoes and watches. Um, it's, it's my downfall in life. I can't help it. Uh, I would throw golf in there if I could afford that, but I can't. So, uh, so um, I had this watch I had just gotten. It was, a, it was a Nixon watch. And if you know anything about watches, like Nixons are really popular hot watches right now. And, and as I was getting ready that morning, um, it wasn't a big thing, but I heard God say, like, hey, that watch, I want you to wear that Nixon watch today. I'm like, okay, I can do that. And then, then as I was pulling in there, he said, somebody's going to come up and they're going to say, I love your watch. Or they're going to talk about a Nixon watch, and I want you to give that watch away. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. But <laughs> And so we're going, you know, we get at this conference at like 8 in the morning, and, and, and I'm hanging out there, and I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to say something about my watch. You know, I'm like, oh, when is this going to happen? And we go, like, first session, second session, some breakout sessions, some more sessions. I mean, it's like 5 o'clock still. Nobody said anything about my watch. I'm like, is this not cool? I thought this was cool. But, uh, you know, I was like, go through the entire night. All the sessions are over. 
I go down front and I'm talking to some friends and stuff and, uh, and I'm sitting on the stage um, and this church planner walks up just planted a church struggling I, and I know what it's like to struggle and, and I said to him oh like I saw a watch that he had on I thought it was a Nixon watch and I was like oh man that's a sweet watch is that a Nixon he goes no I can't I can't afford one of those man that's my dream to have a Nixon watch and, uh, and I said well call me your dream maker and I just I took it off and, and I handed him this watch. Now, I have no idea what the significance of that was for my life, but I know what the significance was for his life. Because the next day he came up to me at this, this after party and said, man, you don't understand. I was so down. I was so depressed. I was wondering how I was going to make it. I just needed something to encourage me. Like, you are now my favorite pastor ever. You gave me a watch. I was like, I'm glad I could accomplish that through a watch. I'm just telling you this, man. When God prompts you, when God starts speaking to you, even if it doesn't make any sense, it didn't make any sense to me. It still doesn't make any sense to me. But I knew that when God spoke to me, man, it didn't matter who it was or what it was. Like, that was going to be theirs. And I don't know what God is speaking to you today. I don't know what he's saying to you what he's challenging you in. He might not be challenging you to, to give something away. He may be challenging you to start something. He may be challenging you to step out and, and reconcile some relationships that have been broken right now. And it's going to take some faith of you going and, 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 and humbling yourself before other people and saying, man, I was wrong in that situation. I shouldn't have done that. It may be that your finances are all messed up and you need to make some significant changes in your life. It's time for us to be boldly obedient. I love what it says in verse 28. It says, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. He said, this is the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees talking. Talking about the name of Jesus again. The name that is above all names. And they said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings and are determined to make us guilty of that man's blood. They're referring to Jesus. They're saying, man, I can't believe you're continuing to do this. We told you not to do this. But here you are again at daybreak. And they said, Peter and the apostles said, we must obey God rather than men. We must. We must. You know, we started out this series with this whole thought of of this, we must obey God rather than men, that this boldness that we have is a behavior born out of belief. And when we have this behavior that's born out of this belief, we must because if you've seen what I've seen, if you've experienced what I've experienced, if you've been set free like I've been set free, if, if God has done some miraculous things in your life that he hasn't done in any other way in your life, and all of a sudden God starts welling something up inside of you, you know when you start to say to yourself, man, I've got to do this because of what God has done. And for some of us, it's time for us to rise up. And instead of being shy and timid, it's time for us to rise up and say, you know what? We must, we must do what God's called us to do. We must step out in faith, man. We must speak boldly because of the belief that we have within us, man. We can't hold back. We can't shy back, man. We got to step out and watch God do the miraculous in our life. But it starts with us getting bold because of what we believe. They said, man, we can't obey y'all because God has told us something. Listen, it doesn't matter what the people around you are going to say. It doesn't matter what your friends and your family are going to say. What matters is what God said. And if he said yes, then you say yes. If he said no, then you stop. 
It's pretty simple, church. Man, it's time for us to stop being shy and timid. Let's not be a, a timid people. Let's be a courageous people that is full of boldness and full of faith to believe God for the miraculous because you know what he wants to do in our lives? He wants to do the miraculous. He's just waiting for us to step out and run through the opposition, not stop and talk to them, but run right through them and trust that the miracle is on the other side. Man, we got to believe boldly because we got to obey God rather than anything else in our lives. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Thank you.